Friends podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Singer. I'm a Christian writer and blogger living in the beautiful state of Alaska. I'm also a trauma survivor and a mental health advocate. I've been through some tough things in my life, and I'm sure you have too. Grace Moments is about helping you hold on to belief in your darkest hours, embrace hope by knowing your suffering is never wasted, and be inspired by the stories of others who have survived their own tragedy. Life, however difficult, can be a meaningful journey, and I'm here to walk it with you, so let's do this together. Today I want to tell you about Mr. Jim. Although I haven't seen him for a long time following his retirement and subsequent move from Alaska, I've known him for many years. When I think of Mr. Jim, I think of someone who always treats others with great kindness and whose faith has always driven him. He used to work in the Department of Corrections and also served in the military during the Vietnam War. Mr. Jim has seen his share of hard things. But the thing I remember most about him is this. Mr. Jim was a man of prayer. I never saw this more evidently than during the summer of 2007, one of the worst seasons ever in my young life. I had just graduated from high school and my father had suddenly been hospitalized with a life-threatening condition. I was an 18-year-old at the time who had tasted little suffering in life and had no idea how to navigate the sudden crisis that had come upon my family and me. If I'm being honest... My faith was largely underdeveloped. I'd grown up in a Christian home and been in church all my life, but I was not a regular student of the Bible, and my prayer life was non-existent. Church was a social thing to me, and my connection with God wasn't really that relational. He was just, well, there. When my dad was admitted to the hospital on June twenty seventh, 2007, my whole world was rocked forever. In the days and weeks that followed, there were many touch-and-go situations where it appeared my dad might not pull through. I remember passing so many hours in the waiting room outside the critical care unit, wrestling with my feelings and thoughts about all that was happening. While I knew enough to ask God for help and to welcome the prayers of others on our behalf, I wasn't really sure if I believed any of it. I wasn't sure what to do about this God who would allow something like this to happen to us. After all, if he really loved us, he could have prevented this in the first place. I was depressed, I was angry, and I had doubts. As my world revolved around beeping machines that were responsible for keeping my dad alive, fielding constant questions and visitors to the hospital, talking to nurses and doctors, I wondered whether God really cared about us. I continued to pray in the best way I knew how, to ask for his help and for him to save my dad's life. But my heart was unsure if he would really answer. Instead of seeing prayer answered in the way I thought it should, with my dad making steady improvement and our summer being able to be salvaged, including my graduation trip to see grandparents, instead of that, my dad only seemed to get worse. More emergency surgeries. More touch-and-go moments where death appeared imminent. It felt like prayer did absolutely nothing. What little belief I had was on the rocks. And I knew it, but I had no clue what to do about it. The only thing that was clear is that I could not believe at that point. Others would have to believe for me. Enter Mr. Jim. Mr. Jim would come to see us often at the hospital, 
He was always so sweet to visit and show us his support, often telling us his precious wife Esther sent her love. But the one thing about his visits that always still stands out to me these years later is a little thing he always said that he did each time he came. It might be before seeing us or after, but he always did it. Whether coming or going, he'd always tell us he frequently went into the hospital chapel to pray for my dad and for us. Literally every single visit. And I marveled at his devotion, at his belief in God's power, and I trusted perhaps his prayers were getting through when it seemed like God was turning a deaf ear to mine. When I look back on that summer 14 years ago, there's a lot I don't want to remember. I've blocked a lot of the pain out and still find myself struggling to work through what happened in a productive way emotionally. Thanks to the intensity of that crisis and the subsequent post-traumatic stress that resulted from it, there's a lot I've forgotten. But the fact that Mr. Jim faithfully committed to pray, and the fact that he believed God for a miracle when I wasn't sure we'd get one, that memory has stuck with me. Oddly enough, I find myself now in a similar position as Mr. Jim, praying for others who are where I was back then, doubting God, doubting truth, and doubting themselves, questioning everyone and everything, and feeling unbelief fighting its way through their proverbial door. As God has worked in my life this past decade plus, it's become clearer to me what Mr. Jim saw. I've started to understand how one can pray their way through such things. I've learned how one can walk through the worst and still come out the other side with their faith intact. And through other hard things I've endured since all that happened, I've realized a key lesson that Mr. Jim exemplified for me all those years ago. There will be seasons we each go through where we are so overwhelmed, so afraid, so sad, so down, that we feel like we can breathe no more than a sigh, where we cannot pray, let alone believe. There will be times when we are stripped of our strength to such a degree that we aren't sure we'll survive, and we doubt whether God cares anymore, listens anymore, loves us anymore. Times such as these are inevitable. We are human, and we often struggle to interpret what God is up to at any time in our lives, and especially when faced with any form of adversity or tragedy, God's plan and His love for us can be extremely difficult to see or feel. It's a neurological fact that fear blocks logic, that proper judgment becomes clouded in the face of fear and leaves you unable to correctly discern the truth about anything. How you feel overrides the facts and misleads you so that you falsely interpret them in the midst of the situation. All this is why, in moments like these, you need others with mental clarity to believe and to pray for you. When you're too weak to hope, too spent to stand, too out of it to fight, that's when you need people like Mr. Jim to intercede for you and to be that reminder that just because you're sensing distance from God in your suffering doesn't mean he's left altogether or isn't still attentive to your circumstances. For much of my growing up life, I believed that prayer could change the mind of God. When God performed a miracle, it was because somebody somewhere asked hard enough that God gave in and said yes. Of course, now I know that isn't the case. God never changes his mind about anything, and prayer is more about us aligning ourselves with his will than it is about him bending to ours. Don't get me wrong, 
Prayer does have an impact, as substantiated by James 5.16, where it says that the prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. But prayer itself is not the thing that changes things. Prayer is simply the agent. Understanding that difference has helped me realize where I went wrong all those years ago. And I'm thankful for the example of those like Mr. Jim who proved to me that prayer could still be trusted even when it felt like it wasn't doing anything beneficial. It should be mentioned, though, that sometimes we find ourselves in impossible situations with no Mr. Jim, feeling like we're crying out in the dark and being denied and ignored by everyone, including God. There doesn't seem to be prayer warriors anywhere who can pick up the slack, so to speak, and continue on in intercession while you wrestle with your questions. You think that you really and truly are alone. In such times, it is essential to remember the timeless truth stated in Romans 8.26. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Even when you have nobody to count on who will pray for you, God has made certain that you have a continuous intercessor in the Holy Spirit who will bring you and your needs before the Father, having already discerned them before you've even thought to ask or verbalize them. As it says in the verse following that which I just read, He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is living, real proof that you are always on God's mind. He knows about you. He feels your emotions. He sees your soul. There is never a second when you are not in his sight or on his heart, and he is constantly looking out for you whether or not you sense that. Sometimes it takes a crisis to make you realize just how devoted to you your Heavenly Father is. As Jeremiah Burroughs once noted, you never saw God in his mercy when you do not see him in your afflictions. It's a shame that it takes something of such great moment to help us realize that, and the same can be said for the beautiful people he's put in our lives. Like the stars, which can only be seen at night, sometimes life has to get really dark before you're able to notice the Mr. Jims who are quietly, faithfully pleading for you before God and helping to bear your burdens through prayer. It took all these years for me to look back and truly appreciate those like Mr. Jim who showed me Jesus at a time when I wasn't certain what I believed anymore, or if God was even worth trusting. When you feel your own faith break down under the weight of suffering, you need the assurance of knowing that you are kept and held, both by the safe, loving arms of Jesus and the intercession of the saints. Having the comfort of knowing that you are noticed and heard, even when you're too weak to express your pain in words, gives you space to lament, to work through your doubt, and to understand that your present questions do nothing to alter the mercy of God or the care of others toward you. Even as you struggle to find God in the midst of your crisis, God has already found you. You may only be able to offer God Christ for help. Like King David in Psalm 42, your tears may be your food night and day while they ask you, where is your God? Your heart may be cast down within you and you may feel as though the waves of pain have rolled over in ceaseless torrent. It may be difficult to see the helpers, to notice the Mr. Jims. It may be even harder to notice God. But God notices you. Your cries 
Do not fall on deaf ears, although his reply may not come in the way or the means in which you've asked. It is a truth that the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. Psalm thirty-four seventeen assures us that when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The deliverance is up to God and is none of your concern. While you may have your preference as to how God answers your plea, the outcome is always up to Him. What He asks of you and of me is a surrendered heart. What He desires of us is faith, faith proved in the dark. And sometimes that means walking through valleys of doubt where you wonder if and how you'll ever make it out. To bring this back full circle, God answered the prayers of Mr. Jim and countless others and performed a miracle in both my dad's life and that of my family all those years ago. Completely against the odds, my father survived his medical ordeal and is still with us today. Looking at him now, you would never know that he had flirted with death so closely. God is very kind, and slowly I'm learning to appreciate the ways in which he showed up and presented himself during that horrible season in our lives. People like Mr. Jim were God's hands and feet to us, and a living testimony to me of what Jesus is like. They were proof that God cares, even when it's hard to feel or see him. All these years later, I can still hear Mr. Jim's voice saying, I just got done praying for Ed and you guys in the chapel today before I came up here. What a dear. I'll just leave you today with this one thought. Look for the Mr. Jims in your own life. When hard times hit, look around and identify the ones around you who are helping to sustain you when it all falls apart. And remember this too. You have this promise from God in Isaiah sixty-five twenty-four to hold on to, that before you even call, God will answer. While you are still speaking, He will hear. The Lord is near to all who call on Him in sincerity, and He will never turn away His watchful eye nor His listening ear, regardless of how bad things get. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast as well as leave a review. If you want to read additional content, please visit and subscribe to my blog at www.graceopens.blogspot.com. You can also connect with me on social media via Twitter at OpenToGrace2015, Instagram and Parlor at OpenToGraceAlaska, and on MeWe under my name, Katherine Singer. I'll see you in the next episode, and remember, Grace will always meet you where you are. Thank you.